Somebody call 911! Show me the They have no idea where we are, who we are, where we're coming from, or who we're throwing to. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the between winning and losing. Welcome to First and 30. I'm Nick. And I'm Antonino. We're two 30-something-year-old guys who take the best ultimate reality television show in this hemisphere, American football, through four uncensored downs of mostly unbiased opinion and some analysis. In a game broken down into 10-yard segments, we take it with you one step at a time. That's first and 30. Let's Let's go go for it. it. Welcome. It is Tuesday, November 28th, Tuesday after Thanksgiving. I hope everybody enjoyed time with family, friends, and of course, what's Thanksgiving without a little bit of football? Or in our case, Antonino, quite a quite a lot of football. In, in fact, not only did we sit around and watch all of these fantastic NFL games, and I'm exaggerating a little bit, but we also partook in our very own annual Thanksgiving turkey football game where Antonino and I were both captains for our squad. Uh, the turkey gobblers, uh, Antonino's team, came out victorious, but Antonino came out with a little bit more than just a victory. What, what's going on with that knee over there, Antonino? Oh, boy, it's seen better days. I know uh, the MCL got a got a hurting. It was kind of a fluke incident, but uh, I'll definitely be back for next year's game. I'm on the Aaron Rodgers recovery path. I'm a fast healer little bit of rest and relaxation with a bunch of pain meds it's doing the trick right now but uh yeah who knows what i'll say on this on this episode a lot of pain, <laughs> a lot of pain meds going through the veins right now oh geez man well it, it seemed like a freak accident it it was pretty dramatic too so antonino got kind of clipped down low he was menacing in pain on the ground kind of writhing we had to pick him up carry him off the field like a warrior he was and he actually got back in the game and played a little bit of a uh, quarterback for, for the latter half of our, our program there. So, yeah, I feel like the most important thing was I didn't want to leave my guys hanging out there. We got off to a really fast start. I threw for a few touchdowns, got a couple interceptions specifically uh, thanks to you throwing those dead ducks in the air. Uh, and we came out victorious in the end. And uh, that that's what counts, you know, for the, for the love of the game, I might've re aggravated the injury. But I think it was all worth it in the end, and I can't wait till next year. Uh, glad that you're feeling a little bit better, man. Hoping that it's nothing too serious. But uh, good thing that we're sitting down for this podcast recording. So how, how about we just get things started off uh, with some high hopes. I hope, I hope it's home from our uh, a little bit of a different take. I know in the past few episodes, we kind of examined and discussed the best thing we saw this Sunday. But we're taking a little bit of a spin here. So for high hopes, Antonino, you, you got your hopes up that the refs can turn their game around and call a better game. What what happened? What What's your take here? What's going on with the refs? Man, Nick, I'm, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. These refs every week, every year, they just get worse. And I feel like I'm not alone with this sentiment. I feel like as a whole, 
the officiating in the league has only gotten worse and there's not being enough done to improve refereeing. Um, can, where do I start? The, the, C, the senile 50, 60 year old guys running up and down the field, chasing down world renowned athletes. What's going on here? What's wrong with the refs though, man? Like you still watch the game. No, it, if it's that bad, why even watch the game? Don't, don't buy tickets. Don't, don't partake, you know, take a stance. If it's that awful, <laughs> like what, what's so bad about the refs? What are they doing? Did they blow something? What, what did you see this Sunday? <laughs> what don't they blow is the actual question. What don't they blow? Whether you're on the winning side of things or the losing side of things, I guarantee you the referees made you lose your hair at one point in the game. Uh, I can point out 10 different instances from this past week. Um, I think NFL is rigged is viral on X. Oh, this past weekend. Um, <laughs> and we're talking about a billion dollar and like the NFL's, a billion dollar revenue making organization and they can't get this figured out. Like let's get some young officiating in there. Let's get a replay booth at every game. There's so much that could be done. So you think age is a factor too? So, all right, man, I, I'm not willing to fall on this sword. I don't think you can blame the refs completely for why some of these calls get called the way they are. First of all, the NFL leverages these poor calls. Uh, I think personally to create more of like an emotional reaction by the fans. Like, think about it. Like if you're watching a game and you know, you see a bad call, you're going to react. You're going to feel heated. You're going to feel very, you're going to have feelings of something. You don't think that sells in and of itself. You don't think the NFL is aware that there are definitely some, uh, some areas of inconsistency that, yeah. What, what would your solution be? Like, uh, I don't know technology ai i don't i don't know what would the solution be younger Absolutely. refs with better vision 2020 vision we gotta recruit guys that were ex uh air force dropouts because they had that 2020 vision. let's at least get some athletes in there to chase down these plays that are happening 30 40 50 yards down the field you have an old man trying to see a pass interference call and a lot of times you have the ref on the opposite side of the field who who knows he probably does not have 20 20 vision mind you because he's 70 years old and senile and he's trying to make a call on the other side of the field so whether that be technology with sensors in the ball whether it be more athletic officials, uh, instant replay um, happening real time. So you're not having a delay in the game. Um, these are all things that we can see put into play here that that's not being utilized. It's 2023 here. Let's use some technology um, and increase that every year. I think it'll only help. Well, okay. So first of all, according to the NFL, this is just according to the NFL, refs are accurate on 98.9% of the calls. So we're just focusing in right now on the 1.1% that are missed, right? That That's what we're focusing in on. And I think it proves the point too, that you're, you're feeling some kind of way when those calls are missed because your, your, I guess, stance is that it's impacting the outcome of the game to a certain degree where I think the NFL actually uh, is aware of this, you know, because you're still watching the game, you're still consuming their product. Uh, but you're still you're still going and partaking in all this, even though you might feel some kind of way. But the NFL is aware of this, I think. And think of it this way, Antonino. Maybe controversy generates more interest. So maybe after these games and you're seeing all this stuff trending on Twitter, uh, 
you know, maybe that's better for the NFL. Maybe they want that to happen. Maybe they want you to react and feel some kind of way. And perhaps that is the reason why they won't do what you're proposing. You think they're they're not, you know, thinking about all the technology that they can throw into this? I, I'm just saying, man. I I think uh, I don't. I wouldn't blame the refs completely. I think they're complicit to it. You know, they're part time workers for the NFL. But I think ultimately, if the NFL really thought that this was an issue that was impacting. Uh, their revenue streams and their product, they would have made a change a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, now hear me out. I think what's the number one thing that this is ruining in the game? And you what? might have might feel this way too. When I was younger and you see a touchdown, you cheer, you're so excited. I feel like in the past five, 10 years, you see a play and every time you see a touchdown, I'm hesitant to celebrate because you're always looking <laughs> for a flag. Yeah. Every yeah. big play, every huge catch, or even an incomplete pass, you can't even celebrate because a late flag comes out. Um, so I just feel like losing that instant reaction has really affected my passion for the game because I'm always hesitant uh, to get out of my chair and go nuts, uh, whether that's at home or at the game. So do you think it's impacted your passion to the degree that you would stop watching it altogether? That That's what I want to know. Are you going to make some kind of stance? Because you have a choice here. If you really think that this is damaging the integrity or the product of the game, then make a stance. Don't watch it. But I don't think you're willing to do that. (laughs) Personally, and knowing us, we're never going to stop watching the game. Exactly. But at what point do we hold these officials accountable and have them penalized for bad calls or get full time? Why is it on them, though, man? Why isn't it on the NFL? It's not the official's fault. I'm putting my foot down. Are some of these refs betting on the games? We have sports betting going on. Conspiracy theory. It's happening. Maybe I need to strike a chord with you. The Des Bryant catch in the playoffs. Ah, no, the don't Packers. go there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If you could go back uh, in time. Okay. I'm sure that that would, you know, yeah. You want right. that to change. Yeah, you know what? You're you're right. Yeah. And, and with that, since you had to cut deep, you had to make it personal. We're on second down now, Antonino. They are who we thought they were. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. And in this week's edition uh, for all of our Ravens listeners, I want to pay homage to the, the victory over the Los Angeles Chargers on Monday night football, 20 to 10, not Monday night, Sunday night, 20 to 10. Uh, Ravens now sitting atop the AFC with an eight and three record, top defense, top rush offense. I, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Uh, I think this was just another statement that, again, man, they are who we thought they were. They are a good team. Do you agree? I don't know if you can smell that from there, but I smell a fraud. That's what the Baltimore Ravens are this Uh, year. Okay, explain. The Baltimore Ravens, they're winning games. But hold me back because Hmm. Lamar Jackson and the NFL darling Baltimore Ravens they're not going to go far in the playoffs what? Well, okay. if they make the playoffs. Let me not get too far ahead of myself here. If they go. Okay, so let's talk about the ifs. The remaining schedule, they're on bye this week. They have the Rams. Pretty winnable game. They have Jacksonville. I think they're better than the Jaguars. That's another winning game. So that puts them to 10-3 and three potentially. 49ers is definitely going to be a test, as well as the Dolphins. I think they win one of those, then lose one of them. So we'll say 11-4, and four, and then they get the Steelers. 
I don't think they're going to be swept by Pittsburgh 12 and four or 12 and five, 12, something of that nature. I, I like the Ravens, man. They could be 12 and 0 right now. If you don't remember, they blew two double digit leads to both Pittsburgh and Cleveland uh, late in those games at that. And they lost on a last second field goal against the Colts early in the season. Uh, I, I like the Ravens. Uh, they're number one ranked rush offense. So they're averaging 158.6 yards per game. So that's actually 13 more uh, than the second ranked Dolphins. Their defense is second in the NFL with total yards allowed per game at 273.6, only behind Cleveland. They lead the league in sacks, 47. They're a top 10 in uh, takeaways for defense, top five defense in points allowed, only 187 points, which is just behind Dallas, Kansas City, and the 49ers. And my final stat, if none of this has proved anything to you, their point differential is 137, plus 137. That's only behind my, my Cowboys at 162 and the 49ers at 140. I, I, I don't know what your, your stance is here. I mean, they are dominant right now. One of the best rushing teams and one of the best defenses. That's a recipe for a championship contender, if you ask me. Oh, man, you, you can throw that all out the window, okay? Because <laughs> if you, you want to look at stats, let's look at stats. They've only had a leading rusher in their games once, twice this year. I'm going to say two times they had a rush over 100 yards. Once it was a running back. The other time it was Lamar Jackson. Hey, there's no I in team, Antonino. That This is why this is a good team. I didn't say this is a good player. Good team. They they have many players that can compensate. Even though Lamar is only rushing for over 100 yards once, and then what, Mitchell, I guess, is the other guy that did it, I'm, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. They're still averaging 158 as a team but continue your your stat uh extravaganza there <laughs> lamar jackson is just the poor man's jalen hurts okay oh who, get who out are we of trying here. to fool what? here <laughs> who are we trying to fool here <laughs> lamar jackson oh, no. he, he's just a running back disguised as a quarterback they've only had a leading receiver go over 100 yards one time all year and that was odell versus a Bengals team without their Number one cornerback, yeah. mind you. So Lamar Jackson, I'm not a fan of his. You saw the game last night against the Chargers. It was a close game throughout. Chargers could easily won the game on the last drive, but they did Charger things in close games and um, lost that in heartbreaking fashion. Um, week before they played us down Joe Burrow. Uh, week before that was the Browns with uh, Watson's broken shoulder. They could very well be 12-0 right now. That's how close those losses were and how handedly they were up on those teams. I mean, come on, those Steelers and Browns losses, those were big losses, but we thought they were going to win those games at, at some point in that those contests. I I think you're just being a bitter Bengals fan. I, I believe this is what happens when your team's out of it. <laughs> you're going to hate on the <laughs> other teams. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to be unbiased as I can, but uh, it's tough. I see this schedule coming up. They got the like you said, the Rams, Jacksonville, San Francisco, yeah. Miami, and the Steelers. They go one and five in those games. And we'll have this discussion. What? We'll have a discussion week seventeen after they go one and five. The, I'm sorry, NFL. You think they're losing to Jacksonville and Pittsburgh? I'm assuming you're giving them the win against the Rams, right? There's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's no guarantee. Hey, everyone that's listening, this is just a bitter Bengals fans take <laughs> on the Baltimore Ravens. Don't pay too much attention to this. Uh, 
I think he's just way at the beginning of the season, Antonino had high hopes uh, for his Bengals. And now that they're kind of down and out after that loss against uh, Pittsburgh, I think he's, uh, he's starting to lament a bit and, and put it out on your Ravens, but don't let him. I, they're, they're contenders, legit contenders at that top five defense, top five rushing offense. That's a recipe for a Super Bowl team. It is. Any last words before we move on here to third down? Someone cue the Titanic music. You you guys are coming down with us, like it or not. <laughs> All right. It's third and long now, Antonino. It's time for what were you thinking? So let's go ahead and call out that player, team, uh, coach, etc., for a boneheaded decision, and maybe in this case, call out an owner. Uh, so... We had some breaking news uh, just reported yesterday that the Carolina Panthers have fired Frank Reich, head coach, only 10 games into the season. What are our thoughts on this, Antonino? Definitely a surprise. We're, we're 10 games in here, and we have a coach firing with a quarterback who's a rookie. Um, man, talk about a short leash. My goodness. I think the the onus falls on their their owner, David Tepper. A hedge fund billionaire with no clue how to run a football team. No patience, I guess, too. <laughs> yeah, he's he's firing people left and right, whether it's with the MLS team or the NFL team. They've had, what, six head coaches since 2018, six in six years. Uh, hmm. How are you supposed to have any uh, building blocks and have any progress there? I'm actually for this, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Uh, look, look at last season. Uh, they were seven and 10. Did not, not like, you know, anything to really write home about they're one in 10 right now. So they're arguably worse than they were last year, even after trading up to get the number one pick, which ended up becoming Bryce young. Now I understand. I don't think this was Frank Reich's decision to draft Bryce young. I think he had different intentions, but even with that, they moved up to, to draft him. <laughs> And there was still no consensus on who they were going to pick with that, which that's a whole different story. But anyways, I, I think they're a worse team than they were last year. They're currently a, a bottom five offense and defense when it comes to points per game. Uh, but look, Bryce Young's development has been stagnant, and that's also evident from them firing QB coach Josh McCown. And then look at Miles Sanders. You're paying this guy a four-year, $25 million contract with a $6 million signing bonus, $13 million guaranteed, and the guy's a backup. You, do you think uh, the Carolina owner had those intentions when he went out there opening up his checkbook to bring in Miles Sanders? And guess who else got let go because of this? Deuce Staley, the running back coach. He was also a part of those uh, those layoffs that occurred yesterday. So I get where they're coming from. You know, if you're if I'm opening up my pocketbook, I'm spending money on these guys. I'm putting assets to get a guy like Bryce Young and Miles Sanders, and they're not developing. And you're one in ten, uh, not even improving from last year. Uh, you're gonna have a short leash, and you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have to pack your bags. I think. Yeah, when when you really put it in a perspective, ten games, and you're trying to develop a quarterback who's a rookie, like I said, who missed time with an injury as well. Um, they did have Andy Dalton 
come in for a couple games, I believe it was, and they looked like a competent team. They were throwing the ball. They were going Adam Thielen looked like Adam Thielen. Um, so I, I only wish that their head coach had the opportunity to have his guy at the helm. Um, he had success coaching at Indianapolis. Uh, at one point, he had Carson Wentz. We know how that turned out. Um, he hasn't maybe been the same needs, since. Maybe he but... needed more Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just think he he didn't get a fair shake here. Uh, it's an ugly situation. I think it all falls on the owner. He's pulling the strings. They made a decision to mortgage their entire future to move up, get Bryce Young. They gave away DJ Moore, who did great, as you saw with the Bears last night. But then they also gave away two first-round picks, one in w- which is going to be a first pick overall, and then two second-round yeah. picks. So my goodness, talk about mortgaging your future. So who's going to want this job going Going forward, that's my question. Who who would dare step foot in this toxic, toxic workplace? I I don't know, man. I I think it's too early. Also, though, to to write off Bryce Young. Um, I get that they invested a lot in him. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I think that's too early to write him off. You you wouldn't take the job if you got offered it. <laughs> I'd be there tonight if I got offered the job. Would you I really? I can't guarantee you the record would be any better. It can't be much worse. They only won one game, but uh, I'd be a player's coach for sure. Let, let, let's start getting the resume drafted, and, and we're gonna put the ad out here now. If um, who's the Panthers owner again? I'm sorry, Rec- give David give me- Tepper. David, David Tepper. Tepper. Okay, this message is to you, David Tepper. Antonino, an excellent football mind. Very personable. Uh, he has coached little league football teams to uh, adequate records and developed young boys into men. So, uh, Antonino, you're you're out there. Oh, but real quick, you know what? I think it's time to to throw in a little trivia question here. Oh, so, God. <laughs> yep. So this is going to be a new uh, new thing that we're going to continue to introduce each week. I'm going to stump Antonino, or at least temp, attempt to stump Antonino with a random trivia question I'm going to throw into each of these downs or one of these downs um, without his recollection or knowledge before going in at all. So we know Frank Reich was fired earlier in his tenure than any head coach since Pete McCauley. So that's what I'm going to give you Ooh. first. Pete McCauley. So, so there were only four other first-year head coaches – in NFL history, to not finish their first season, who were they? <laughs> so I gave you Pete McCauley, the San Francisco 49er head coach from 1978. Okay, so one I do know because I know that this person has a little bit longer leash uh, than the Panthers head coach and Frank Wright, uh, and that's Urban Meyer. Okay. Urban Meyer. You got Urban Meyer, and that one probably sticks out the most because it's recent memory. Two and eleven with Jacksonville in twenty twenty one. That was a debacle for many reasons. We won't get into. Okay, cool. All right, you're you're one for one. Can you get the other three head coaches? Oh man, this is tough. If I have to, uh... okay. No cheating. Think... Don't don't I... look it up. <laughs> I, yeah, as I Google frantically. Um, the other one is is pretty fresh too. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett was a hack job with Chicago, um, and he he got let go there. I think it was within one year. I think De- Denver. Yep. He, Denver. He, yep. Which is bizarre because he was four and eleven, so they let him go before going into the the last two weeks of the season. You'd 
think he would just let the guy ride it out. But nope. 2022 went 4-11. Nathaniel Hackett for the Denver Broncos. He is now the offensive coordinator of the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. All right. Two more. Can you get it in the next 20 to 30 seconds? No. Oh, boy. I'm honestly drawing a blank here. I know I know you're the history buff here, so I might have to lean on you for these next few. Are, are you phoning a friend now? I don't even think there'd be a friend I could call. <laughs> to get All, right. All right. You, you did well. Uh, the other two are Lou Holtz. He was actually the Jets head coach in 1976. He went 3-11 and with the Jets, did not make it to the end of the season uh, in typical Jets fashion right there. And then the last one, but not least, Bobby Petrino with the Atlanta Falcons in 2007. He went three and 10. You might remember this situation because he had like that neck brace situation. I think he got in a car accident after leaving a nightclub or something of that nature. So a lot of controversy around the Bobby Petrino uh, firing there. So you did well, though, man. Uh, Two for two or two out of four. uh, Close enough. How about we move into... The last fourth and forever. It's a Hail Mary time. Dropping back in the pocket. Looking. There's the Hail Mary. Headed for the end zone. And it is. So let's, uh, you know, it wouldn't be an injustice if we did not talk about that Bills and Eagles game uh, Sunday afternoon. It was wild. A wet, rainy game. This is kind of like the perfect football conditions. Uh, Eagles trailed late in the third quarter, 24-14. They came back, made it a game. Uh, but, but give me your take on that one. What, what happened? What was your impression? Uh, I think what we saw was an Eagles team that looks uh, resilient. They started slow. Jalen Hurst threw an interception. Uh, coming out of halftime, you weren't sure what what you were going to get. Uh, that first drive, they punted. But after that first drive in the second half, their last six possessions, four touchdowns, one field goal. They only punted one time, and you saw a complete package, a Super Bowl-type performance from the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, uh, I was <laughs> – I'm not going to lie. I was rooting for the Bills, obviously, for my own personal reasons. Uh, I thought Buffalo had this one. Uh, but the Eagles, you got to give them credit. They just kept fighting. They are, uh, I hate to admit it, they're a machine. They, Jalen Hurts, when he, he just goes out there and takes care of business, he has like this uh, demeanor and this calm to him in all these situations. He, he literally looks unfazed during these games. Uh, you know, leading his team down in overtime to take that game-winning touchdown. Uh, it was quite impressive. Uh, but the game itself was quite dramatic, too. And for the fashion of our Hail Mary fourth and forever, <laughs> that Jake Elliott 59-yard field goal Ooh. to tie it up with the rain and the wind and the wet, sloppy field, I I thought he had no chance, man. I thought there was no way he was going to hit that, and he nailed it. Uh, with only 20 seconds left in regulation. But what about overtime? Let's, let's talk about overtime in that game a little bit because the Bills, they had an opportunity there to, to score a game-winning touchdown on that first drive. What happened? Yeah, so like we, so we talked about Jalen Hurts. We know the offense came to play in the second half, but the defense made plays when they had to make the plays. Um, you saw them step up when it mattered the most. Uh, Buffalo was on a roll, but 
Josh Allen did Josh Allen things. He threw an interception that led to a touchdown in overtime. You kind of saw Stefan Diggs stutter. Uh, he you lost just, his rhythm. You just had to mention Stefan Diggs. Uh, am, for those of you that don't know, <laughs> Antonino has a vendetta against Stefan Diggs for some reason. I just want to say that Buffalo lost that game because he did a mockery of the Fly Eagles fly <laughs> after Buffalo took the lead with Good. two minutes left. He did the Fly Eagles fly. He was barking on the sideline. And then when the Eagles went down the field to tie it, you saw him get quiet. And in overtime, he dropped, I believe it was two passes. One was almost a fumble. Um, they had to settle for a field goal. And like I was saying about the Eagles defense, bend but don't break. They gave up 505 total yards of offense. But when it mattered most, they made the stops. They got the ball back in Jalen Hurts' hands, and he, he got the win. It was impressive. Jalen Hurts just methodically and mechanically drives the ball downfield, scores that rushing touchdown to win the game. Uh, all right, man. Uh, I think that's some good stuff. Let's, let's uh, end this on a positive note. Uh, with the Eagles in mind, what, what's your take? Yeah, you saw them go out there in inclement weather. Their back was against the wall. They were down by 10 and a half. They're down by 10 in the third quarter, but they showed no quit at all. Um, I think they fed off that positive energy with the home crowd. And I think that's something you can take with you uh, in your friend groups, in your circle. Spread that positive energy to others. Uh, I think we can kind of take that as an analogy in life you might not be in the most ideal circumstance maybe not the best environment uh each time you put a little bit of effort and work into something you might not see the results right away you might have to keep clawing and fighting back at it uh, but just like the eagles you can overcome adversity and get through some of these tough challenges uh, you can achieve your goals well i think that does it uh thank you for joining us for another episode of first and 30 until next week remember when your number is called no matter the odds, just, just go, go for it. it.